This week on the Reach Podcast. I think deep down, everyone has somewhere in them a scar that's emotional. If you have friends who show an interest, who are asking, like, take that as an indication of God working and and go see where it takes you. Welcome to the Reach Podcast, where you can learn to share Jesus. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today I am joined by Justin Jackson. Justin is our area director in Oklahoma City. Uh, Amazing guy. And Justin, I cannot thank you enough for being my guest today. Blaine, I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. I feel, uh, yeah, I feel pumped and energized. It's going to be awesome. You've got a great uh, conversation to unpack. So uh, set it up for us. Absolutely. Thanks, Blaine. So I feel like when I, when I started thinking about it this morning, the, the best conversations that I've had um, follow up with what we call an open forum. And so just this last spring, um, I was um, visiting with uh, a few guys after our forum here in Oklahoma City. And one of the young gentlemen, he was 28, 29 years old. Um, I could tell just from the first couple of minutes of talking with him that he was an atheist, didn't believe that there was a God. And um, it just made me want to get to know him more and ask him questions. Wait a second. There's atheists in Oklahoma There City. are a few. It's really? not prominent, but yeah, there are definitely a few here. So, um, <laughs> but uh, it was, it was really a great conversation. And the more I dug into his journey in his life, the more I realized, okay, this is making sense, uh, kind of where he's coming from. And so um, I knew from the outside, he was very smart, very uh, professional, um, very respectful. Um, he had morals. I mean, just believed in right and wrong. But the more I realized and I guess dug into his life, the more I realized that um, he was hurt. He had some really, I guess, emotional scars from his past um, and just wanted to to dig into that a little bit. And so how did that uh, get brought up? Yeah. So something that um, I've learned just in my short time with Search, just was sharing my faith one thing when I'm having a conversation with someone, the first thing I do is I love to ask questions. So I love to dig and find out information about the person, their life, their family, uh, where they were raised, all that good stuff. And then I try to start figuring out what is the barrier that's keeping that person from a relationship with Christ. And so in search, we talk about, you know, there's three barriers. Basically there's an intellectual barrier, there's an emotional barrier, and then there's the natural barrier. And so I try in the first five to 10 minutes of a conversation just to pinpoint with that person what type of barrier that's keeping them, uh, you know, from having a relationship with God. Now, when you say that, are you meaning like just in your mind, you're kind of, that's what you're, you're not going, hey, just so you know, Bob. uh, (laughs) Right. Right. You're just, you're, you're picking up clues and you're kind of thinking, well, maybe based on that, it might be an emotional or he said that it might be intellectual, that kind of thing. That's right. Yeah. Just in my head, I'm putting that away. And so, so what, what did he say that made you think it was an emotional thing? You know, so leading up to that, the time, it was about an hour long conversation. And, um, you know, he was, he was very sincere. He said, Justin, I, I grew up around the church. I grew up, you know, going to Sunday school with friends and family and things like that. But he said, I came to the conclusion on my own that this idea of creation, um, you know, that he was taught at the church, this 
six-day creation, God rested on the seventh. It didn't make a lot of sense to him scientifically. And so um, he kind of put that aside and said, this is the reason why I don't believe there's a God. He pushed back. and But then the more I dug, the more I realized that he had a lot of emotional pain just from his experience at church and, and the way that Christians had treated him in the past. And so I do believe that that intellectual barrier was there for him, but I also believe that that emotional scar um, just from his childhood was was what was really keeping him from that relationship. Yeah, so that's a that's really interesting because uh, you know in our experience, I think what happens often with uh, people who are well meaning and wanting to to share Jesus, they would hear something like what you just said on the intellectual barrier, the six day creation, and him kind of throwing that away. And you know, if y'all all, if that's what Christians believe, that's stupid, yeah. and I'm I'm out. Right. And you would, it's easy to just go, bam. Well, let me tell you, let's talk about that. Right. Uh, but yes. you didn't do that. That's right. And why didn't you? Why didn't you? Yeah. No, that's a great question. And I don't know that I even you know cognitively thought about it at the time. I just felt like you know. When I when I dig into these conversations with people about creation and the amount of time, it was, you know, I, I I find that to be kind of trivial in many ways because I feel like at the heart of sharing the gospel with someone, that's not that's not a fight I want to necessarily want to pick with someone. And so um, I don't mind having those discussions with people, but I feel like those can kind of get in the way of what truly is going on inside of a person. And so. I just, I just felt like just seeing his face and his emotions when he was talking about it, that it was more, um, more emotional than intellectual. And honestly, Blaine, I would say that the majority of people that would claim there's an emotional barrier there, everybody that I've talked to, when you dig a little deeper, find out that, man, there's really an emotional scar there deep down. Now they might cover it with intellectual, um, you know, disagreement, but I think deep down everyone has somewhere in them a scar that's emotional. Yeah. So maybe like a great first little lesson from this interaction is just, especially early on in a relationship, just Try not to take uh, the bait, as it were. If, yeah. there's so, if they throw out something that, uh, like the creation and six days and all the stuff, and and they kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, just let it keep going. Just That's let right. them let them keep talking or yeah. ask another question, and don't just don't take the bait necessarily right away. Well, and I think too, that's another you because that would hide. That's hiding the real thing. Absolutely, and I you hit a great point there. I think the the great thing about sharing your faith in today's world, um, a lot of times I feel like we're trained or, or in our minds we think we have to pour out information. We have to give them as much information, and surely this is going to change their mind. But what I've learned is the more questions you ask and the more you listen, they're going to point you to the right direction at some point. It might take a while. It might take. Two meetings, it might take two months, two years, but eventually they're going to get to the core. And so uh, you let them keep talking. You kind of find out there's some hurt from childhood that's really the reason. And uh, without getting personal about it, but can you give us just a flavor of kind of what happened? Yeah. So I think his dad, um, his dad was uh, a person that took him to church and, um, he, he saw the way that his dad treated his mom, which wasn't any different. He thought than than anybody else outside of the church. And so, um, the more he, he thought about it, he's like, well, there's, I'm not seeing a change in my, my parents' lives. I'm not seeing a change in my, my friends' lives. And so therefore really, I, I, 
what's the use? If it's not going to make a difference in their life and the way they treat people, then, uh, then, then why should I believe? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So how do you handle that from there? Yeah. So we had some great conversation after that. And I obviously was very, um, you know, very apologetic. I said, I'm so sorry that you, that you've gone through this. And, then he followed up and I, I wanted to share this. He, he sent me a question and I, and I was so glad that he did. Most people don't do that. He said, Justin, let me ask you this. He said, um, you've been a believer for a lot of, uh, a long time, large part of your life. He said, what would it take for you to reject Christianity? And I'd never had that question asked me before, but obviously it proves he's very, very sharp and, and uh, well thought out. But the more I thought about it, I said, you know what? I said, it's a great question. And it pointed us to that next line of, of discussion in our conversation. I said, the one thing that you could tell me um, that would make me just turn away from the faith, if you could prove that Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead. That was the biggest thing. And and he said, really? And so we started, we, we kind of shifted to the resurrection and what that actually meant, knowing that the resurrection was the answer um, to basically every question. And so um, that's kind of the conversation, how, how, it, how it shifted at that point. And so he was surprised? He was completely surprised. He, it, to, to, for the fact that I would even say that there was a, he had never heard a Christian say, well, if you could prove this, then I would completely walk away. From the oh, faith. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, what was his response to that, uh, specific example, like uh, the resurrection, you know, was he like, yeah. uh, you hear, let me give you five reasons why it is. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. And it wasn't, but you could tell he had thought about it. He, um, he, he started talking about, um, how the resurrection was basically impossible. The miracles are impossible. Um, back in those days that people, you know, didn't have the scientific knowledge that we have today and therefore could easily be tricked and swayed by those stories. And so basically it was a made up story to make people feel good about themselves, like Santa Claus and uh, the Easter Bunny and all of that. And so um, we started talking a little bit more and I said, um, what's interesting, I believe it's in first Corinthians, Paul talks about, um, you know, without the resurrection, if there is no resurrection, then basically our faith is useless. We need to get rid of it, throw it away. We're wasting our time as Christians. And, um, he, he basically got to the point after we went back and forth with the resurrection and the evidences that I, that I threw out there that, um, you know what, I'm going to study this resurrection because if the resurrection is true, then, uh, then I need to put some more thought into this. Yeah, which that's an amazing reply in and of, given everything we've just talked about, his background, for him to even be open to exploring that is uh, is really, really cool. Yeah, so you're referencing uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, you may know this uh, passage, these couple verses, but if you don't, uh, I'm going to give them to you because these are really important to, to know, and um, Justin did a great job identifying the answer to that question too, like, you know, what would it take for you to uh, to not believe? And I think uh, Paul would agree with you because he says, this is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 17 to 19. Uh, Paul writes, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Uh, pretty strong words. In fact, as I understand it, Christianity, and particularly Paul here in in this passage, uh, but Christianity in, in its uh, sacred writings is the only religion that gives a 
falsifier. Yeah. So uh, in the Bible right there, I just read you a ver- couple verses that tell you how to prove Christianity to be false. And no other written uh, religion, you know, written sacred texts of, you know, the other religions have that in them. Like, right. hey, let me tell you, you're going to go look in the Quran, and the Quran's not going to have a passage that goes, hey, here's how you prove us wrong. This. That's it, right. There's nothing else like that. So, which is pretty amazing. And um, philosophers will actually say, uh, well, they say a lot of things, you know. <laughs> But one of the things that's a little of a, like a maxim in that world is if you can't falsify an idea, then you can't prove it either. If there's no defeater right. for a proposition, then it can't also be proven true. So if you're trying to say that it's really true that Jesus rose from the dead, there would have to be a way to prove that false uh, in order for it to even be true. Otherwise, true, right. you know, you, you can't know. So. Um, anyway, it's kind of all all right there, which is really, I find fascinating. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. And so we honestly, Blaine, the, the rest of that conversation was really geared around the, the uh, resurrection. And he said, Justin, will you do me a favor? He said, send me all the information you have about proof, proofs of the resurrection. Yeah. And so um, we met a few times after that and literally just discussed. Now, he hasn't come to the place where he's like, yes, I, I truly can believe that this, this actually happened. But he's on the journey and he's asking the questions that are uh, important. And I think he's at the place where he believes that if Jesus was truly resurrected, then that means there is a God and that he stands accountable and um, wants to have a relationship with him. So, Yeah, no, that's uh, that's really amazing, to be honest with you. And so um, if if people are wondering, they might go, okay, JJ, give me, a, give me a couple of those reasons. Why should we think that Jesus really did rise from the dead? What are you saying in these conversations? And Or maybe what are a couple of the major points that are in the yeah. materials and the things that you gave your friend? Well, he pushed back. So one of the pushbacks he started off with was, well, I think what, what happened um, a few of the disciples were really sad, and they knew the stories. This this idea that the the Messiah would be resurrected, so they they stole the body. They stole the body, and then went out, hid it, and then um, just started basically this this movement to prove that Jesus was resurrected. The issue with that, and I asked him this, I said, um, you know, these guys that that would have stolen this body also were the ones who a few days before that were completely fearful for their lives when he was being hung on the cross. And so, um, and also they were willing to die for the fact a few years later that he did die on the cross and rose from the dead. And so um, I I think that was my biggest pushback with him, um, this idea that, okay, am I willing to make up this falsified story and, and be willing to die? you know, to put my life on the line. I think it was Chuck Colson um, back with Watergate that um, several men were arrested. And uh, the story goes that after 24 hours, they were all, you know, snitching on each other, basically. And so, <laughs> no, you know, that's, that, we're not even talking about life and death there. We're just talking about in, imprisonment. And so um, I think that was the the big pushback that we had, um, that, excuse me, that I used with him in a very respectful way. And it made him think, you know, that's that's true. Yeah. No one would do that. So you kind of got into pretty deep water here, Your conversa- one of your first conversations, maybe your first meeting with your friend, which doesn't always happen that way, of course, but that's uh, that's what happened. So when you have subsequent 
conversations or you get together for whatever, just, you know, broadly speaking, like, how do you think about those as far as what you want to talk about? Like, do you go, okay, we're going to pick up where we left off on yeah. this, or you're talking about something completely different or you, I mean, how do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I, a lot of times I'll leave it with that person. I know where we, where we leave off. And then that next meeting, I know this is, if, if he doesn't have anything to say, we can always start there. But I like to just Again, start when I meet with him a week or two later, just, just start kind of high in the conversation and just how are, how are family, how are friends, how, how are you? And, and, uh, just kind of let him dictate where we go. And a lot of times he's, he, he loves to read. And so he's read something or he's, you know, got another question, maybe go down a different road, but, um, basically every conversation we've had following, he's wanted to talk somewhat about the resurrection. So yeah. we'll eventually get there. That's cool. And just another great uh, thought that I've heard for a long time and it's been around for, it's not original. It's been around for a long time, but, uh, just a way to at least get an indication of, is God working in this person's life is that they're asking questions and they're showing up and they're showing interest. And we know that theologically because people are not interested in God, uh, apart from God's spirit, moving and, right. and working at, at some level. So just the fact, and this is kind of for everybody listening, if if you have friends who show an interest, who are asking, like take that as an indication of God working and, and go see where it takes you. 100%. Agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So JJ, boiling all this down, Yeah. what's one lesson, takeaway, piece of wisdom that you would want all of us to learn from this particular conversation? I think a great piece of wisdom that I've learned, um, and not that I've perfected anything, but just this idea that when you meet with someone who's an unbeliever and you have a heart for them, don't feel like you have to push all the information at them. Ask questions. Dig and ask questions and really be concerned for them and for what's going on in their life. But also always know that the more questions you ask, you can uncover more and more because there's always something a little bit deeper. And the more you know a person, have that relationship, the more they trust you, the deeper they're going to be willing to go uh, in that conversation. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Seriously, yeah. this was a great conversation. Thanks, Blaine. And thank you all for listening. If you like the Reach podcast, hey, uh, go give us a rating or a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next week.